You are listening to the Talking Music Podcast with Josh Ferguson and Connor Bryant. Hello. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Well, don't. <laughs> no, no, actually, no. Fuck it. That's that's the intro. Hi, my name's Josh Ferguson. This is the Talking Music Podcast. I'm joined with Connor Bryant. How are you today? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. I'm actually really excited to talk about these, to be honest. Yeah, I've, same, been, I've because... been excited for like two weeks. Like we've been, we've been yeah, we've been planning this for two weeks now. We've been pretty much like cock teasing each other about these two albums for fucking ages now. Like proper cock teasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah so literal cock teasing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the vibe I got. But... Yeah, no, it's true. Hey it's ho. true. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about nostalgic albums. Uh, albums that formed our teenage years, our childhood years, and that really formed us as people and music listeners now. Uh, so our albums are very different. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, very, very different. So my nostalgic album is The Nationals High Violet, uh, which came out in 2010. And your nostalgic album is uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, Influencer. So if you're familiar with those two albums, you'll know one is like a 15-minute indie rock album, and then the other is a two-hour grunge album. Uh, hey, so, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject straight away there. And, okay, uh, I, I know what you're going to say. But I, go it, it is not grunge. It is absolutely not grunge. I uh, know. Well, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I went into it thinking it's a two-hour grunge album. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, that's the premise of this episode. Uh, we're going to take each other's nostalgic albums, listen to them, and react to them. So I'm reacting to your nostalgic album, mm -hmm. and you're reacting to my nostalgic album. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, we have no nostalgic relationship to each of our albums. Nope. right? So we're just listening to them as normal people, right? just as if there's any other album. So we can either break the other person's heart or we can form long-lasting relationships <laughs> through our opinions we'll guess yeah. we'll have to wait and see to what we think so yeah i listened to melancholy and the infinite standards you listened you listened to high violet well i i i listened to a fair amount of national actually like because mm. uh, i mean like out the, uh, the yeah just to balance out the run times because well there's there's been this thing with me and you for like what like it's got to be like a year and a half now since you first introduced the national yeah to since me. sleep well beast came out and uh, which which was what like a year ago like a couple of weeks now I think it's like, like a, a year bang on now it's like last yeah September. yeah yeah it's it's yeah. very because they recently reissued it or whatever um hmm. but yeah and and I've dogged on them for so long I I, I was unfairly I was them. so unfairly so because unfairly I I, so. I actually didn't listen to them and i uh apart from yeah. sleep well beast which i i said put me to sleep um mm. <laughs> you listen to it at like midnight or one uh, about 1 a.m uh one one september evening mm -hmm. and, and you listen to it once and then i said no you need to listen to it again because you can't listen to it at that time of night fall asleep but and then say yeah that's my listen 
and it, and it but it just it just bored me so much that like I was I was like no I I just can't and 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 I'd listened to a few tracks here and there that I think you'd played in our living room before and and yeah. I was just like this is just it's so bland to me and it's so boring that I literally every time you'd be like listen to Alligator or like listen to High Violet it's really good I'd be like I have like no fucking motivation to and what was it it was about two weeks ago now like you 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 said to me like oh you you need to listen to these and i said like i tell you what like listen to this album and i'll listen to alligator and i'll listen to high violet and that's pretty yeah. much how this whole thing started um but yeah like uh so so yeah that's that's my relationship with the national and how i've mm. trashed all over them i mean i think that's a good introduction to your review of high violet don't you think okay so uh yeah so <laughs> i i i, I did i i kind of ate my own hat on this one because well i started off with alligator and mm-hmm. i i adore it i i think alligator is. oh you adore it now i i think it's fucking fantastic like i think oh, every hey, okay. i think every single track is is amazing on it I, I i i've said this to you before but like i i love like the sugariness of it i love like the sort of uh the sort of almost math rocky guitars in it like they're very very uh, plucky and just really really nice to listen to it's really really soft but then there's like energetic places like i, I think it's um uh mr november like especially like there's there's oh, like some so punky good. vocals in there but then there's also like the sort of like monotonous poetry type vocals that you that after i've listened to quite a few albums now that you come to expect from matt Barringer. Mm. that that's his name yes yeah matt Barringer. yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, I was like in a banging mood to listen to High Violet. And that's, that's when you kind of like said to me, you're just like, yeah, don't expect the same thing. And I was like, fuck. Well, I mean, yeah, like keep in mind, <laughs> there was like five years between the two albums and there was Boxer in between. Yeah. So there was yeah, a lot yeah. of so, growth. So I, I skipped Boxer initially because like High Violet was the album that you, you said for me to listen to. So mm. I was just like, okay, maybe I'll come back to Boxer if I, I really enjoy High Violet. High Violet has been one of the most confusing and frustrating albums I've listened to of recently. And okay. and I say that in in the nicest way possible because the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh no, this is this is exactly th- this is my suspicions confirmed about the national. I was like, it's it's the the slow songs, the the sort of like drab vocals. I was like everything that I loved about Alligator was almost gone like the the, hmm. the guitar playing was totally different they they like swapped out this sort of noodly guitar playing for like very sort of shoegazy reverb heavy sort of like tremolo guitars yeah and uh and i was just like oh no like and then like to- especially towards the back end you've got all like these very very slow ballads and i was like fuck but obviously like we had we had a two two album minimum listen yeah. And so I gave it a second listen and I was like, okay, this is slightly grown on me, but I'm I'm still just not I'm not feeling it. I'm really just not like I ca- I can't click with it. Like it's starting to get there. Like Terrible Love was sort of slightly grown on me just like because I liked that build up like from how it yeah. starts to that sort of crashing end. Um I I thought was like it's just getting there. And then third listen, I was like, okay, a little bit more, but I'm still not feeling it. And it took about seven listens for it to finally just like click and about seven. And that's why it's been so frustrating is because I knew that there was something good there. I knew that there was something great within this album. Hmm. And, uh, 
I was just waiting for it to happen. I was just like, I've got to keep listening. And I, I've never done that like with an album. Usually like it's like after two listens, if, I, if I'm done with it, I'm done with it. But there was right. something about this album that with each listen kept bringing me back. And weirdly enough, it was those slower tracks. Like, um, yeah, Sorrow and oh, Sorrow's um, good. It's I know, so fucking good. And and especially like probably like one of my favorite songs I've listened to of recent is the final track, uh, which is uh, Vandalile Crybaby Geeks. Oh yeah, is, oh so my beautiful. Like I li- literally like I, I I learned it on guitar. Like I just like have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like oh, the wow. chords the chords are really fucking easy to be honest, but. That that that's kind of the, the genius of it though is that like it's really really basic chords but it's oh man it's just so I, I don't I don't even know how to yeah sort of explain why I love it I like I watched like a live version where Matt Berenger didn't say a single word and just the entire audience sings every single lyric and I swear oh, to shit. God it like almost brought me to fucking tears like it was there's just something about it I love uh, Runaway like that that refrain oh, um, yeah. the the go ahead go ahead refrain um those lyrics are just so great i still think it kind of sags in the middle i think there's a point yeah, it's a very saggy middle i will it, admit yeah it, it's just uh the, the the middle point of the album like um i'm just gonna look at the track list it, it's it's around about the fourth or fifth track that it just sort of slowly becomes that sort of what i was feeling like i'm I'm not like huge on blood buzz ohio or lemon world but from yeah. runaway onwards yeah. it's so great and mm. um and oh, tracks like anyone's ghost as well is, is oh. wonderful um yeah. uh, uh i think it's afraid of everyone hmm. has or, or it's oh god see we, we said to each other to make notes and i i swear to god i was good on this there's um I'm pretty sure it's 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 afraid of everyone, hmm. but there's a really really nice guitar bit, and I just think the ending goes on for too long. Ah, oh, but I I think that's like the best song in the album, actually. Yeah, what well, I just love the Sufian's way the, backing like, vocals. Yeah, the the backing vocals yeah. and like that guitar bit. You want to like like that? Yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. It's just I absolutely that love guitar. that. It, it's literally just like as soon as uh, Behringer's vocals stop. And it just goes into that sort of like drum and guitar passage where where it, it just sort of peters out. I think I think it should have mm. stopped like where the vocals stopped. Personally, but... I, I don't know. I would have thought that'd be too abrupt. Honestly, I, I just love the uh, just how dirgy he gets towards the end. Especially, I know you keep saying uh, to, to the lead up of this episode that uh, Matt's vocals were very monotone mm-hmm. and very low and kind of bland. But I think yeah. There are moments on High Vida, and especially on Afraid of Everyone, mm-hmm. where there are moments where you can feel the emotion and you can feel oh, 100%. him reaching up to his pitch, you know, mm-hmm. like towards the end, it's like, your voice is swallowing. Like, it just goes mm-hmm. mad. Oh like, my God. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, I down. fucking love that. And I, I think yeah. it's um, uh, like on, I want to say it's Conversation 16, um, mm-hmm. the, the bit where, where you start saying, I'm evil. Um, yeah. Oh God, it's fucking yeah! Like Chill. that. That is what I love. That's uh, yeah. like the the lyric. Like I mean, for me, like the three albums that I listened to by the National, like the lyrics confuse me in, in in a very very strange way because like what I like about it is that it's very poetic and mm. sort of demands to be looked further into. So like everything's kind of like 
metaphorical or everything's kind of yeah it's poetic it's very flowery so you could look at those lyrics and go i wonder what the fuck these mean but it's also it's also kind of like to the point enough where you go yeah this is obviously about him and his wife or this is obviously about him and his girlfriend like i swear to god has he ever had a happy memory with this woman like (laughs) (laughs) um all um, of these songs it's it's just Uh, so funny to listen to because it's just like holy shit dude like because what, Sleep Well Beast is like kind of about him on the edge of a divorce and it's all like co-written by his wife as well. Yeah. Like, um, um, in yeah, Allig- like Alligator, was... like... Yeah, Alligator, Alligator Alligator's like kind of like, yeah, yeah, like there, there are loving songs towards her, like... Um, mm. But then, like, I don't know, like you get some of his personality through it, through his lyrics and you're just like, I'm, I'm very confused here, man. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, like, like, I, I, I love on... the lyrics, but like, it's very confusing as to what his position is with this marriage. I know, uh, but like, I, I know there's a, a, a lyric on Alligator. I think mm-hmm. it's the song All the Wine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm in a circle of black girls. And the first time I heard that. Yes. Oh, I'm my like, God. Right. I, I, I. <laughs> Yes, because I I, I, God is on my side. I I listened to Alligator. I uh, listened to Alligator yesterday as I was falling asleep. It was I just decided mm. to like put it on like whilst I was sleeping, and uh, you know like how you just like don't really pay attention to music like when you're sort of in that state. I yeah. was just sort of just laying there, and then that line came up, and I was like, "Hang on, hold up a second. What the fuck did he just say?" <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's so fucking bizarre. I, I but like. It just, oh, this is strange. But yeah, Alligator is, I, I think Alligator is fucking phenomenal. Um, and so I don't think High Violet is as good because I think track by track, like if I'm if I'm measuring them up, like I, I just think I think Alligator is the stronger album. I think the songs are just mm. they're punchy when they need to be, but they're also they've got that like sort of sorrow laced instruments and everything like that. But I, I yeah. think Alligator is the uh, the the better album, or at least it's like my personal favorite between the two. Right. Um, and then I'm just gonna briefly talk about Boxer and how horrendously overrated it is. <gasps> oh, you're gonna piss some people off with that. I'm really Ooh. gonna piss people off here, cause like, so here here I am, like thinking, hey, you know what? Like, I've listened to Alligator now. I really liked it. High Violet. I I really liked it. Uh, it took me a while to get into it, but I really liked it. I everyone everyone raves about Boxer like yeah. oh it's their best album it's it's easily and I like, agree it's not their best album by any means but it's a <sighs> damn good album uh, I I I found it even more frustrating than High Violet like to me Ooh, really? they they had got they had gotten rid of the the sort of plucky mathy guitars from Alligator but they haven't quite worked up to that sort of reverby shoegazy stuff they're doing on High Violet and so yeah. it kind of just felt like really boring piano rock oh t- Excuse me, I've heard some boring piano rock, and the Nationals Boxer is not some boring piano rock. I'm not saying it's necessarily like a boring album. Like there are good tracks on it, and like I I think "Mistaken for Strangers" is a really fucking good song. Ah, so good. But um, it was just that, like, out of like even like my first listen to High Violet, like as much as I was like, I don't know whether I love this or not, or I don't know whether I like this or not. There was still something that wanted me to return like my first listen to boxer there was none of that like Mm. it was the same with alligator when i first listened to alligator like i wasn't blown away by it but there was something about it that made me want to return same with high violet as soon the first listen i had to boxer i was just like i I don't want to return to this (laughs) like i just don't want to return to it and and i I know you're really into post-punk and it's their most post-punky album 
See, I don't see that. I don't really? see that. No, I really oh, don't. Really? Like Mistaken for Strangers is like post-punk. Oh like, yeah, that is. To a but T. I just don't see it with a, a, a lot of the, the rest of the album. Um, oh, I, I've got one more comment about High Violet and then and then I'll move on. Oh, shoot. Um, so one of my other few problems is is that like obviously The National's quite a, a big band. Like they've got fucking mm, very horn big. sections. They've got um, strings sections. Like they, they, it's not just piano, like guitars, bass and drums. Like it's mm. quite a full sounding band. And right. I think on Alligator, like that, it, it's like perfected. Like the use of the strings and the use of the horns are like both subtle and grand where they need to be. I think on High Violet, sometimes it's it's overkill. There there are certain songs that make it sound like I'm listening to a James Bond soundtrack, where the horns are just so <laughs> so blaring. What? Like, what does that mean? So the the horns are just so like loud and like in your face that it's like, oh my god, it's like could you get more fucking grand than this? Like, <laughs> but that is the most like white person com- complaint I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> You're too grand. Turn it down. No, it's not it's not about well, yeah, it is that. But um I don't know. <laughs> I, ju- I just think it it was some like there are places where it, like the horn sections really really work in high violet and same with the strings mm. and then there are other places where it's just like yeah let's just let's just full throttle on those horns boys like let's let's go for it and it, it's just like oh my god i mean can you pinpoint any songs that overdo the orchestration um, let's see if i've written any down because i i can't remember <laughs> uh it's like from my memory I want to um, say England, but I, I can't remember, to be honest. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think, me personally, this may be nostalgia talking, I think that's the yeah. point of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I believe the orchestration works really, really well with mm-hmm. the rest of the music. And now, I think there is a good balance between the guitars, the bass, and the drums, like the actual instrumentation mm-hmm. with the added strings, the added um trumpets the horns yeah and all of that um i think there's a good balance between them especially on those slower songs where it really brings out that melancholy and that sadness that that's that's um, what i mean uh, a um that's what i mean though like it works in some places and then there's the bits where like it's doing it's like we're gonna start slow and then end on a climax and it's during the climax where the horns are just like and you're just like oh shit here they come on zimmer (laughs) no no it's not it's not it's not like that bad but no still that that, that's that's my only other thing i had to say about it but yeah you've uh you've successfully turned me onto the national and uh for sure i'm I'm gonna probably check out uh sad songs for day lovers and sleep well Mm. beast i'm not sure if i can be bothered with trouble may find us but yeah well I'm like, okay well sad songs for dirty lovers is legitimately underrated it's mm-hmm. the most underrated na- national album in my opinion it's mm-hmm. it's very if, if you quite like the uh the raw instrumentation of alligator you're gonna love the instrumentation on sad songs and there's yeah. one song on that album which you know matt's vocals get so loud and so abrasive that you're like what the fuck is this the same person mm-hmm. like it's really enthralling it's really invigorating but yeah trouble will find me <laughs> it is uh it's it's a uh it's a troublesome album if you excuse the pun yeah um because it's taking that sound of high violet further 
But if you had problems with High Violet, I don't think you're going to like Trouble Will Find Me that much. Yeah, it seems even more stripped back from like the lead single that I listened it's off It's way of, so. stripped back, yeah. Um, yeah and it's, sure that's my thing. it's very melancholy to the point of just like, um, ugh. Pu- yeah, just like pure yeah. meh. Like, ugh. That's the thing. I really like some songs on there, and I mm-hmm. loved it as a teenager when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with repeated listens, it does drag an awful That's lot. Um, well. And yeah, Matt's vocals are more droney than ever mm-hmm. on that album, unfortunately. Um, but people so yeah, I'd, I'd still say listen to it once, just so you know. And it, it, so if you I find the time and it. the motivation, I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sea Well Beast is fantastic. Do definitely re-listen to that. Yeah, I might, I might have to. Might have to. Well, right. Should. Right, on to me with yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. Now, my relationship with Smashing Pumpkins is yeah. I've never listened to a Smashing Pumpkins album before this. This is my first one. Yeah. Um, and all I know about the band was their grunge. And I really, yeah, that's it. I just, grunge has this aura around it. Yeah. It's not the best. No, I, I agree. Either. I agree. Yeah. yeah, you just think Nirvana, never mind. You think all these like edgy teenagers, Pearl with, Jam, yeah, like flannel Pumpkins. shirts, Pearl yeah. Jam. You think of all these like images in your head, and you think, ugh, nah, mm-hmm. just not for me. Um, and so that's what I was expecting with this album mm-hmm. because um, I, I don't know how big Smashing Pumpkins were in the nineties, but I knew they were quite Huge. big. Yeah, yeah, they were quite big. I don't know if they were as big as Nirvana. They they got they got cucked by Nirvana. There's a whole story about it. They got they got absolutely cucked by Nirvana because when uh, Siamese Dream came out, I think two weeks before Nevermind, and Siamese Dream was produced. It was produced by Butch Vig, who also uh, produced Nevermind. Oh, so that's that's how it got lumped in with the uh, grunge genre. All right. Yeah, they got cucked. uh, Today's music fact brought to you by Talking Music Podcast. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is my first Smashing Pumpkins album, and it's mm-hmm. two hours long, and I was expecting two hours of grunge, so I wasn't looking forward to it. To say no, the that's, that's yeah, that's not. Having said that, when the first song comes up, mm-hmm. and I hear piano, mm-hmm. and then I hear violin, and then I hear other strings and other horns, I'm like, what the fuck? Am I playing the right album? I'm mm-hmm. not listening to like Billy Joel or Father John Misty. Like, this is Smashing Pumpkins, right? And I was kind of taken aback. You know? And then it goes mm. on to the second track. Oh, um, boy, yeah. Uh, Tonight Tonight. Mm-hmm. And it carries on, mm-hmm. the orchestral sound of it, with a bit more a bit more of a band feel. You know, it's yeah. got guitars, got a drums. A bit, bit more oomph. Uh, and, like, really slick guitar riff as well. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like noodly guitars. Like, okay, this actually might be a decent album. This might be worth it. Um, yeah, I can feel a and, big butt well, coming in. Here's the thing: like when I very first listened to it, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Corgan's vocals were a bit of a turn off. Great, yeah, yeah. It's just that like kind of like Waluigi, <laughs> you know? I'm just imagining <laughs> Waluigi singing along to these songs. It's like Waluigi, wee. <laughs> tonight <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so yeah, yeah. at first it was a bit of a turn off but the more i listened to it, it actually grew on me it just mm-hmm. i got used to it um and then when the grungier songs came up in the track list mm-hmm. it fitted it better 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't know if the vocals fit the orchestration of the first two songs. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I got to Jelly Belly, mm-hmm. this was okay. This is what I expected, right? Mm-hmm. It's grunge. It's dirty. It's dirty. Um, and that uh, vocal line was like, no, what? Like, mm-hmm. reminded me of Nirvana. It reminded me of something. Ah, oh, no. Yeah. Um, so it, that song is what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but then, right? So I'm already impressed with the first two tracks. Kind mm-hmm. of meh on Jelly Belly. Mm-hmm. Then it gets to zero. Oh, boy. And, and I'm like, fuck yeah. This is it. This is fucking it. It's like, da na na. Great fucking that, that riff. fucking riff, man. Like, the with that fucking so slide down the fucking string as well. It's so mm. good. It's so mm-hmm. good. And, like, that solo near the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fucking Billy fuzzy. Corgan's a really underrated guitar player. Like, really, yeah, really underrated. So. Yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, I was doing some research, actually, and just, like, uh, on the history of the album and just, like, other people doing covers of mm-hmm. the song as well and like no one can get that guitar to sound like it does I, i've album. tried it's difficult like yeah it's and really just difficult. like how does that how did it get that sound mm-hmm. in 1995 mm-hmm. you know and that's the thing like the album production is so crisp it's mm-hmm. so clean and like it, the production made me come the first oh yeah yeah, yeah like it's so nicely produced um, so I, I remember, like, it, this was, like, kind of the album that, like, made me realize how important mixing was. I remember mm-hmm. I, I was about 15, like, and, and I, was, I was, like, listening to it through headphones. And I remember when uh, Fuck You, An Ode to No One comes on. And oh, yeah. the drums in that fucking song just, like, blister through everything. And, like, mm-hmm. the guitars are so fucking, like, in line. I was literally just, like, out on a dog walk. And I just remember just, like, sort of, like, this awakening of just, like holy shit this is how a song should be fucking produced like yeah man yeah it's so well produced mm-hmm. um and that's the thing like um i wasn't really expecting anything else out of this album i was just mm-hmm. expecting grunge but to get really lavish production and really slick riffs as mm-hmm. well I, I was quite impressed at this point um the only thing that threw me off with um zero uh was uh that like vocal breakdown with a emptiness, it's cleanliness. Lonely. Yeah, lonely. yeah, great <laughs> yeah. bit. Uh, God but... is empty, just like me. Yeah, that line is yeah. <laughs> is something. Um, and I was thinking, like, God, like, all I can imagine is like Billy Corgan with like his long hair in his face, and he's just like staring in the mirror. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm so edgy, mate. He's like bald <sighs> as fuck. Like, <laughs> uh, did he have hair back then though? Uh, he did like during Gish and Siamese Dream, but I'm pretty sure around like this album was when he like completely shaved everything off. Okay, well yeah. that's the thing. I'm imagining him still having the long hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. That line is so fucking edgy. Mm-hmm. It's so edgy, especially the way he delivers it. It's like so mm-hmm. dirty and slurred. Yeah, you know, um, it's as if he's he's gonna like sexually touch me or something as you say oh my that. god it's so dirty but the yeah. thing is with that line it it is kind of edgy and it is kind of cringy in his edginess but mm. it's kind of charming yeah, yeah, yeah because of its delivery like i think it knows it's being edgy mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah like. for, for sure yeah like... absolutely so yeah from there uh we go into here is no why is that mm-hmm. is that the right name yeah for yeah, that's the next no... one. yeah um I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, for mm-hmm. saying this. 
Mm-hmm. Not that it's like a beloved song or anything like that, but I think yeah. the comparison I'm going to make is going to get a bit of a shit. Okay. This song feels like a leftover yeah. from Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust if it was Ooh. made in the 1990s. That's if Ziggy Stardust, I, if, I mean, yeah, if Ziggy Stardust was made in the grunge era, this yeah. would be a B-side from that album. Fair. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, it's just like the anthemic, like, clam rock guitars mm-hmm. and, like, the kind of swaggeristic vocals that Billy Corgan's doing. It reminded so, me very much of Bowie. Do, do you know much about the reception behind this album? All I know is that it's well-loved among uh, fans of the band as well as online publications. I know it was, like, number one album yeah. of 1995 by some oh, yeah see I, di- I didn't know that oh all, all, all i kind of know about it is that like m- more people prefer siamese dream because it's hmm. it's like much more concise like siamese dream is only an hour like 12 or 13 tracks yeah or something. and i'm gonna be talking about that as well because the yeah. thing with the, my absolute biggest problem with this album Length. is it's so inconsistent i it's uh, that beyond inconsistent as as much as i adore this album to pieces I agree. Like, yeah, you, you, I, I think it's fair to criticize some of your favorite albums, and, oh, and definitely. I, yeah. I think that is one of my biggest problems with it. Even through mm. re-listens, like I was like, yeah, there's there's stuff in here that's yeah. It's just I don't know. It's the way, um, especially the first disc. I think the second disc is a lot more consistent. But Do you? Still... I'm literally the really? opposite. Are you actually? No. Yeah, I I love the first disc. Like, I, I think the first disc is fucking great. And then for me, mm. it's like uh, the second disc. I th- I think is great as well. But like towards the end of the second disc, I think it sort of starts starts to be like, okay, right, Billy, you don't have to do another fourteen tracks. You know, like you you can ah, like, you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because I am exactly the opposite. I mean, I love the first disc too. I really Mm. like the first disc because Mm. of those grungy songs. Mm -hmm. But the problem with it is uh, from Cupid the Lock onwards, Mm -hmm. it just drags. Really fucking drags. So, like, um, what about about Poor Selena? Like, the the big nine-minute track. This is what I'm going to say. So, it gets to Galapagos, which Mm -hmm. is like this very slow ballad. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is a good closer. But then I see there's three more songs on this one disc. <laughs> oh, this isn't the closer. Shit. Um, and then you get Muzzle, which is a very generic grunge song. Yeah, really Muzzle's fine. For me. Like... Yeah, Muzzle's okay. Uh, Porcelina, great song. Mm-hmm. And it is a great, it would have been a great closer. Mm-hmm. But then you get Take Me Down. Which is like the third ending to the album or to the the disc. It's like it's like the return of the king of albums. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> it just carries on and on and on and on. It's like three different endings. Yeah. You know, it like for me it should have been uh Porcelina should have been the ending. Mm-hmm. And then you get rid of Take Me Down, Galapagos, possibly get rid of Cupid the Lock. Mm-hmm. You know? And then just end it with Porcelina. And yeah. then make a, a second album. That's not related to melancholy with the second disc because mm-hmm. the second disc is completely different. Yeah, and they I think they, they have two different names. I, I can't remember. I think mm. one's called what, like Dusk Till Dawn or some shit, and then the other one's called like Tea Time to something like Tea Time. To they're they're they're, they're meant to represent like day and night kind of thing. I I, I believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. I mean, that's the thing. I I can 
very clearly see Disc 2 as the album Billy Corgan wanted to make. Mm-hmm. But he knew, at least this is the, the sense I get, I think he knew yeah. that fans would not take to it lightly because there's no grungy, dirty music. Oh, yeah. It. like not Sim- Siamese Dream is, is fucking like heavy. Like They would layer mm-hmm. like 12 guitars on top of each other. No shit. I I need to check it out. Dude, it's it's really, really worth it. But yeah, no, the all the all the sort of like heavier stuff is very much more in the vein of like Siamese Dream. Okay. Right. Um uh, yeah, so that's the thing. Like there's so many slow songs on the second half and even some peppered out throughout the first disc that I just think like this could have been one album, all these Mm -hmm. slow songs. You didn't really need these grungy songs in there. Sure. Because the slow songs feel so much more passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grungy songs are still great. Um, they just don't. I just don't think these two worlds collide sure. all too well, you know. And you could argue that oh, but it's two discs and he separates it fine. It's kind of like a house of love, but, but they both low kind of thing. Both the discs are a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it's just... basically yeah. They, they, it's, there's two discs, but they don't. He doesn't separate those two worlds. Both the discs are yeah. like a mess. Like yeah, uh, that's the thing. Um, the first disc is a mess. There's just grungy songs, there's slow songs, and it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. The second disc, uh, you have slow song after slow song after slow song, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you get Tales of a Scorched Earth, which is distorted mm-hmm. as fuck, and mm-hmm. honestly, it sounds awful. Like I really do not like the production on it. Fair. It just sounds horrid. you know, Especially when it follows... Uh, in the arms of sleep, nineteen seventy nine, especially yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to finish with nineteen seventy nine and then go on to like, <laughs> like tales of the scorched earth, mm-hmm. shit like that. It's uh, it just ruins the flow. Oh, but then, then, but then on that side, you've got like X Y U and X Y U is fantastic. so good. X Y U is so good. Yeah, uh, but it just if that's what makes it more frustrating, it's like you have these great songs. Yeah. Um. That just don't mesh, you know, because XYU sounds doomy. It sounds like yeah. Black Sabbath inspired, actually. Yeah, like th- th- this is this is Billy Corgan's thing is that he loves writing love songs, and he was heavily inspired by Black Sabbath. Oh, is it? Okay, that explains yeah. a lot then. Yeah. Okay. You see, I could sense like there's some Black Sabbath worship, and I could possibly see like where Electric Wizard might pull some ideas from, like they might mm-hmm. look towards this song. Um, but yeah, to XYU follows Stumbling and then you get We Only Come Out at Night. It just, the flow See, doesn't I'm, work. I, I, it, it, those, uh, those last three tracks on that side, like, hmm. I love Farewell and Goodnight because what I loved about like yeah. both both ends of the discs is that he had the rest of the band singing on them. Like, it wasn't oh, just yeah. Corgan's voice. So, hmm. you know, he, uh, he's he got like James Iron there. He's got uh, Darcy singing as well and and like it the, both ends of the albums so both both of them are bookended with all three of them singing at yeah. some point and I, I think those are those are good but then like after we only come out at night like beautiful lily my one and only and by starlight i'm, I'm i kind of like at that point it's just like fuck me like i've been sat here for an hour and 45 like, yeah, <laughs> as much as i love as much as i adore this album like it's at that point i am just like i, I want to get to farewell and good night because i think it's such a good a uh, good ending hmm I mean, yeah, I think By Starlight is also really fucking good. Like, mm. Just that guitar line, like, like just way that, like, 
sails over mm-hmm. the song and it kind of reminds me of like what dream pop bands are doing nowadays yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. especially like beach house for instance yeah um but yeah like you said once you get to that point you just kind of feel fatigued you know it's just like oh it's the same shit throughout it's, it, you know it's why when I, when i tend to listen to it now like um I, I tend to have like days where I want to listen to the first disc and then days where I want to listen to the second disc or like certain mm. songs will get into my head. Like, I don't know, say like the other day I was just like bodies came into my head and I was like, Oh my God, I want to listen to that song. But th- there yeah. is, there is one vocal refrain in bodies that pisses me off so much. And, and that's yeah. um, Billy Corgan, not understanding that the word suicide is, uh, has, has an I in it and not an A. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he's like screaming, "Love is suicide," and it's like, "Billy, mate, that's wrong." Like, <laughs> stop. I thought it's cool, you know. Like, <laughs> darkness consumes him. He doesn't care how he spells suicide. He he's in love with his sadness. If, if, if we're is. going back to um, zero. Oh, see, that's the thing. I said zero was edgy and mm. charming in its edginess, but um that line in bodies mm-hmm. is the bad kind of edginess yeah you know? I see think it's just the way he delivers the edginess yeah it's one of my favorite pumpkin songs because I, I just love that guitar line through it i absolutely love it yeah i, t- I don't know yeah it's for me it's just a little bit frustrating um, would I, would you yeah. after having listened to it as many times as you have and and the two hours would you still refer to this as grunge i don't i'd, I'd say it transcends grunge enough for me, Thank not you. to say it's a fully grunge album. There are grunge elements, definitely. Sure. But it's definitely not a grunge album, through and through. So um, glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. I, I would even say, like, parts of it are slowcore, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah, like, yeah. sad boy rock. Mm-hmm. But very few... If we especially take it song by song, over mm-hmm. half is ballads. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I'd say, about 10 or 11 songs that are grungy. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it's a grunge album, but I, I don't know what I would class it as. It's kind of a mishmash of yeah. different things, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Alternative rock, maybe? <laughs> I don't want to sound uh, like... Or, all right, Apple Music. Like, yeah. <laughs> anything that's slightly different, it's like, this is alternative. Yeah. Oh, this guitar's a little bit distorted, so it's alternative. There's <laughs> more than alternative as genres. <laughs> Yeah, you have indie, indie rock, indie alternative, indie alternative, alternative indie. You know, <laughs> two completely different genres. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, so I'm just, I'm, just I'm, I'm glad you just you finally listened to the album because I, I, I actually remember. I think, like Sleep Well Beast was about a year ago. I think about a year ago, uh, maybe more than a year ago. I remember we were sat in the living room, um, hmm. and I remember I tried. I tried to get you to listen to this album and I remember putting on Fuck You and Ode to No One and I remember you saying like this just sounds like a generic grunge band like and I, I was yeah. just like no well, no because like, like some of the grunge songs do sound generic not all of them but some no. of them yeah no like the thing is is that like because uh, I, I listened to it again um, after you know, after you had listened to it, just just to sort of try and be as as non biased in my approach to listening to it as possible. Hmm. And yeah, I do see that. It's it it, do, it doesn't stop it from being one of my 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 favorite albums of all time. But like, 
it, it was just one of those things where I was listening to certain bits going like, yeah, this is pretty edgy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And also, can I say in regards to High Violet, mm. um, when I was re-listening to it, um, all I could think about was, was your reaction to it. Yeah. And there were certain parts in that album where Matt does get very, very droney and almost to the point where it becomes a fault of the yeah. album. You know, like to the point where he sounds like he's mumbling. Um, this, this is the problem when you know someone's musical tastes like inside and out. You're just like, oh my god, they're gonna hate this, or oh my yeah. god, they're gonna love this. Like, <laughs> I think it's just like a general anxiety of sharing yeah. music with your friends. Yeah, you know? I know. It's like I wait know. to the good bit. Wait to the good bit. Like, it's coming up. It's coming up. Literally, and I saw a meme about impressed. that the other day, and I was like, it's so yeah. fucking true. It's whenever so you're true. trying to introduce music to someone, and you're like, oh yeah, this bit like this bit fucking slaps, and they're just like, yeah, it's good. And you're like, yeah, no, no reaction. No, like, have a better reaction, please. <laughs> have a better reaction. We're going to do this again. I'm going to replay it. You react this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just that golden moment when someone's like, oh my God, this is fucking so good. And you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've succeeded. That's the only thing yeah, I've that succeeded always makes at. It. That yeah. always makes it. Yeah. So, um, so I, I guess that, that sort of rounds up our, our thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Anything else you wanted to say? Not really. So I think we should get into recommendations for the next oh episode. Oh boy, for next week. Next episode. So yeah, this is going to be a continuing series where mm-hmm. we each recommend an album, we each listen to it, and then we each react to our thoughts on those albums on air. So we're, uh, go- we're going to attempt to have like a few different themes here and there, but I think for next week, we're just kind of going with just a recommendation of what we haven't listened to yeah yeah we're figuring it out along with you guys honestly yeah. like this is all new to us as well so we're just going to figure it out but yeah do you want to recommend your album first and then i recommend mine okay so th- this is uh th- this was pretty quick thinking because i only just remembered today when you reminded me that we got to re- we got to do this um Cause I'm on so i i was sort of looking through albums that i've listened to recently that i know that you haven't listened to that i i absolutely love hmm. um Okay, so we, we're going to have gone from a two-hour-long album that's grunge uh, to... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend uh, Cara Cara Benito's uh, Benito Generation. No, if you to Because it. ah, it's, it's so no. good. And it's so why. overtly sugary and so oh. poppy. And I genuinely have no idea what your reaction is going to be. Oh, Minimum of two listens, to. by the way. It's like, it's like a 30-minute album. It's like a 30-minute album. And it's, oh. it's so... It's so overtly poppy. It's amazing. Right. The only song I've listened to it, I've listened yeah. to from the album, is that shrimp song. That's, the That's only not song on the I've album. That's to. not on the album. That's oh, like from an EP. No, no. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. So you you got you got nothing that like no right. surprises here and there. You've just got some <sighs> crazy weird production. It's shit. It, it's it's like a it's like a really really bright sounding death grips yeah i see all these comparisons with death grips they're not wrong <laughs> they're not wrong but don't feed don't feed the beast the i i just i'm gonna have to hold off from saying anything else because i'm so excited for you to listen to this oh damn it okay well <laughs> i'm kind of glad i picked my album suggestion based on your suggestion because oh, okay damn it i'm not looking forward to that i just oh i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna think it's great um so yeah, I felt bad about my album suggestion, but now mm. I feel okay about it. Oh. Do you want to know what album you're going to be listening to oh, next no. week? Okay. 
I got like the biggest, dumbest smile on my face right now. Just, <laughs> just, I'm ready. All right, brace yourself. I'm going to announce it through a song. What's a Guan? Shang Kingston. JR. No. Monday. May we go take the slums where killers get hung. Shawty, I can take you, you there. Please, please stop. You're listening to Sean oh. Kingston's debut album. How long is with it? With Beautiful Girls, Take You There, How long among is it? other hits. How long is it? <laughs> please um, send me a noose. Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know how long the album is. I think it's 15 minutes. From what I'm, there's definitely 17 tracks or 16 tracks. Oh my <laughs> god, you're killing me, man! <laughs> but it flies by. It flies by. Does it? Yeah. I mean, 13 year old me thinks so. Have you listened to it since? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning to re-listen to it when you've listened to it, so I'm prepared to talk about the album but yeah i haven't listened to it since 2012 it's been a long time so yeah oh my god i'll be listening to the character video Benio oh, you are so lucky am i so... yes am i actually you have you have no idea how lucky you are right now mate you're gonna be listening to sean kingston i think you're the lucky yeah, one and here. you're gonna be listening to cara cara Benio. I know, I know that makes me sound like a mega cuck boy right now, but like, <laughs> see, like look, so, I'm down the, with the kids. The, the soy I boy that I am. Want to hear? <laughs> fuck. I've man. made the proper recommendation. I've made. The I have too. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That that's the point of this podcast. We're gonna see how these recommendations. Yeah, I, 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 I tell you what, that is a fucking very very interesting next episode. Oh, definitely. Because like, we're both not looking forward to it. So at least we're like kind of intrigued. I don't know. I don't know which one of us is more disappointed. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it's you. There's like at least I know people like Caro Caro Benio. I don't you, know you many have people. No that idea with Sean Kingston. No, he, I mean he's <laughs> he has his fans. That's the thing. How many? It's not the like same. Three. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe six. You know he what had, though? You know what? I've I've eaten my hat a lot of times this year, like with. Artists Mate, I that I had previously shat on and then been like, hey, you know what? This is really great. So you know what? I'm if I'm taken back, to this. If, if I if I come back, back and love this, yeah, if you love it, order the vinyl and like all sorts. If it's on vinyl, it's been, it was like ten years ago it came out. More than ten years ago, actually. Now I think about it. Ah, oh, this is gonna be interesting. At least you just staring Mate. out my window, just. It's like, mate, I've got to listen to Sean Kingston. What is my life? The worst part is that most of the music I listen to is on the way to work. So that means, like, I've got to sit on a train and and listen to Sean Kingston. (laughs) Just bust out your tracksuit, bust out your snapback, and your... uh, I don't think you understand what this generation listens to, Josh. (laughs) They listen to the classics. They listen to grime. Sean Kingston is classic. Sean Kingston is proto, um, you know, like this new like dancehall reggae wave that's happening in pop music right now. Sean yes. Kingston was there first; he got there first. Well, that, that I'm, I'm he's a pioneer. Sure. Sean, Sean Paul was probably first, but um, it was along the same time. Guy's name's Sean. 
basically pioneered that sound. Yeah. You have Sean Paul and Sean Kingston. <laughs> Sean Kingston is the better one because he actually has taste as opposed yeah. to just going Shanabal all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm dreading this now. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward d- to it. Do, do join us uh, next time for, for a discussion on Sean Kingston's first album and Cara Cara Benito's Benito Generation. Whenever it comes out, we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll like, Hopefully soon. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely, definitely. Unless you don't right. kill yourself before then. Uh, You're not getting out of this. You send me that news. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only after you listen to the album. I'll send okay. you the news. That'll be your reward. Them, uh, them, them, them beautiful girls, they got me, they got me suicidal, man. Suicidal. Suicidal, and they say it's over, and all them beautiful girls. I think this is where we should end it. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> all right, Thank you wonderful. for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time on the Talking Music Podcast. In a bit. <laughs>